you are listening to the Sermon Podcast at Bethel. We're an evangelical covenant church located in western Wisconsin outside of Ellsworth, and you can find out more about us on our website, BethelCov.org. My name is Todd Speaker. I'm the pastor here, and thank you for listening. Uh, so when I was uh, uh, growing up, I remember, uh, I think I was a junior in, in high school, and I was meeting with my pastor. I can't remember why. I think we were uh, driving somewhere, and I asked him, I, I said, um, his name is Pastor Greg. He's retiring this year. I said, Pastor Greg, um, I'm worried uh, because uh, I've, my whole life, I told him, has been, has been really good. It's been really easy, um, you know, and I was just being honest. You know, I had a, a dad, uh, a great, great dad, you know, Father's Day reminds me of that, who really took care of us, provided everything. I never wanted or needed anything, and, uh, you know, I had a very loving family. We grew up in the church, and, like, things were really, really good, really easy growing up, and I said, um, and, and pastor, that scares me because everyone tells me that life is hard, <laughs> and it's supposed to be hard, and so I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, <laughs> right, you know? If, if things are good, um, eventually God's going to come and something's going to happen and kind of balance that out. And, and I can't remember what he said to me, um, but I was so worried. I was that kind of kid, uh, just a worried kind of kid. Um, I can't remember what he said to me, but uh, it wasn't anything um, super significant to me at the time because I kept on worrying about that. I, I spent a long time uh, growing up kind of waiting for that kind of other shoe to drop in my life. I remember as a, as a little kid, um, and my mom will, she'll, when she listens to this, she'll probably remember, um, when my parents would be putting me and my brother to bed or putting me to bed, I would make her go downstairs and make sure the oven was turned off. <laughs> like, like, oh, what happened? You know, what if the oven's open? And, and, and you know, and it's funny, um, even, even going on from that, you know, having kids myself, I, I find myself like, worried about how Foster's going to turn out and, and Axel, and, and um, are we doing the right thing? Are we making the right call? When's that other shoe uh, going to drop? And I think um, many of us kind of live life thinking about that other shoe sometimes. Um, I, kn- I know I do. Sometimes it's on the, on the front end, right? You know, like, like me as a, as a junior in high school, it's something's going to happen to mess up my good life, and we're afraid. We're doing everything we can to stop it. I talk to people uh, all the time that are like, you know, Pastor, I, I pray every day, and I go to church, and I try to be a good person, and, and I'm doing all these things, and, and we're hoping that if we do all these things, that God will protect us, Oops. that we'll never run into trouble, that we'll never have problems. Uh, you know, we're trying our best to do what we need to do to be okay, and we're afraid of that other shoe dropping. Other, other times, I talk to people um, living on the other side of a big event like that. You know, something has come in and, and sort of ruined everything. You know, maybe you lost, lost a job or a loved one or, or something came in and just wrecked it all. And on that side, sometimes we're, we're busy denying that it really happened. Sometimes that's one way we respond to that shoe. Uh, another way people respond to that shoe is they, they live in regret. They think, oh, if only I had done this. If only I hadn't gotten in the car at that time, then this thing wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have all fallen apart. Uh, some people deny that it happened at all or pretend that it doesn't really matter or that maybe it really wasn't such a big deal anyway. Um, other people, they embrace cynicism right? You say, 
you know, I tried that once. I worked hard to protect people once. I worked hard to be a good person once. But now I see no matter what I do, it all falls apart. Um, and there's nothing that can be done. They embrace cynicism. Um, sometimes in the church, people embrace, embrace faith. And their faith is all about that shoe. You know, if I pray hard enough, if I do enough good, I ask God, Lord, hold my life together. Uh, stop that shoe from coming in and ruining everything, Lord. And then when it does, we, we don't know how to move forward. We say, where was God in that? Why, why did that happen, Lord? Why didn't you protect my tower? Why didn't you stop that shoe from dropping? Well, last week, um, in Acts, we read about um, the events that led up to one of the biggest, biggest shoe drops in the book of Acts. Um, so as you know, we've been, we've been walking through Acts together. Acts tells the story of what happened after Jesus ascends into heaven. Uh, so Jesus is killed. He dies on our behalf. He rises from the dead. And like the first thing he does after that is says, okay, you guys stay. I'm going back into heaven, but I'm sending my Holy Spirit and he does, and in the first uh, seven chapters of Acts tell this amazing story of the first church in Jerusalem. And the first church in Jerusalem is marked by thousands coming to know Jesus. Um, it's marked by um, incredible growth and momentum and excitement. Um, another thing that first church is known for, uh, and we'll, we'll get to that in just a second, another thing that first church is known for is is unity, like really solid unity. Uh, they talk about all the believers being of one mind. Uh, and they would actually get together every day and, and listen to the apostles teaching them. And, and things were going great. Another amazing thing that happened in the first church we've talked about, there were miracles, people were healed, lives were transformed, and there was even miraculous generosity. Uh, people would sell everything they had to, to build this community, to protect this community, to make sure everybody had enough to eat and a place to live and everything was okay. And, and they had all this momentum going. And, and you have to look and you say, man, in those first seven chapters of Acts, like God built something awesome along with people. It's a beautiful, beautiful tower until you hit chapter seven. Uh, and Stephen, as we talked about last week, makes this, uh, 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 preaches this amazing sermon in front of uh, the religious leaders at, at the time. And the religious leaders, uh, they don't repent, right? They don't hear Stephen. In fact, they, they kill Stephen. They pick up rocks and they stone him. And you have to imagine that if you're in that first church, you're sitting there in Jerusalem, you're seeing this happen, you're wondering, what is going on? And, and this continues uh, forward from that. So Acts 8, 1 through 3 uh, right after Stephen gets killed, it says, And Saul approved of their killing of him. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And everyone except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them into prison. Uh, so if you were living in this day, if you were living in Jerusalem, as you're reading Acts, uh, this, is, this is what happens by chapter 7, right? Uh, they did everything right, didn't they? Uh, this first church was perfectly united. They followed uh, scripture so well together. They did everything they were supposed to do. 
and it was beautiful, but they were scattered anyway, uh, right? Um, so Saul approved of the killing of Stephen, a great persecution, and everyone except for the leaders uh, were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. They mourned the dead, and Saul, who we'll talk about another time, uh, is uh, going from house to house, doing everything he can to destroy the church. Um, they did everything right, but this still resulted. Uh, no matter what they did, that other shoe, it, it dropped, even though they had built it up perfectly, right? And as I read that uh, today, it, it, hurt, it hit me because this is not a comforting story <laughs> to me. I don't know about you. Uh, because I don't know about you, but I want a God, I want God to spare me from scattering. I want God to protect me from shoes just like that. And I tend to think that if I do everything right, he will. But in this case, even though they did everything right, right, what, what happened? All of their carefully arranged cups. In Acts 7 and 8, we see the most faithful, the perfect, the best example of Christian life. Uh, the people closest to God, most filled with the Holy Spirit, making the most beautiful thing in Jerusalem. And unfortunately, yet, even though they did everything right, the other shoe, it still dropped, didn't it? It scattered them. It still happens. And the uncomfortable reality of life uh, and, and if I could see myself again as a junior in high school, the uncomfortable reality of life is that even when you do everything right, even though you won't, <laughs> those shoes, they still drop, don't they? The scattering still happens. The uncomfortable reality of life is that we will face scattering even when we do it right, even when God loves us and is on our side and we're faithful, good people. And we know this because here in Acts, the best closest Christians to God ever, they couldn't stop that other shoe from dropping, right? And God didn't stop it. And we know that they, they weren't uh, happy about it because it says that they mourned deeply for the people they lost. Uh, Acts tells us this was a real disaster. Anyone that was following the church uh, would have been tempted to say, okay, Nice try, I guess God wasn't in this thing. But of course, the passage continues. Uh, even when um, they did it all right, they couldn't stop it, God didn't stop it, but the passage continues in verse 4. It says this, <clears throat> Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Uh, so even though it all fell apart, they actually didn't do what I think I might have done in that situation. They didn't walk away. They didn't give up. It turns out that those who had been scattered, they preached the word, the gospel, wherever they wound up. And, and if you look at chapter, uh, the next uh, section, verses 5 through 8, it, there's like a little example of one sort of snapshot of what it looked like after after the scattering, uh, and you can, you can put up that next slide there, Ella. Uh, Acts 8, 5 through 8. Uh, one example is this guy named Philip, right? Uh, Philip, he went down to a city in Samaria and preached the word there. He proclaimed the Messiah there. 
And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs that he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks and pure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Uh, Do you see what happened after it all fell apart? God started doing it again somewhere else. He started doing that same amazing thing that he had done in Jerusalem. He moved it into a town in Samaria, and there are story after story after story, because what happened is, after the disciples were were scattered, uh, the followers were scattered without the leaders, without their apostles, God God grew up uh, with each of those people. They kind of became a seed. Uh, See, it turns out that what the Holy Spirit was doing was was less... um, It was less cup stacking, wasn't it? If we thought God was building a church in Jerusalem, it turns out what he was doing was less like building that and more like blowing on dandelions. It turns out what the Spirit was doing in Acts was less like cup stacking and more like dandelion blowing. It's kind of like um, the, the, the people that persecute the church, like Saul and the, those throwing the stones. It's, it's sort of like uh, growing up in Colorado, you got to watch out for this. It's sort of like they tried to put a campfire out by kicking all the logs away. And if you live in a dry climate, you know what happens when you try and put a campfire out by kicking all the logs into the woods. Let me tell you, you wind up on the news. It doesn't go well. And and that's exactly what happened. When they kicked that that fire, it spread all over the area. You see, the truth is we will face scattering. Uh, The other shoe, uh, whatever other shoe we're worried about, the great, awesome, amazing thing that we're building that seems so shaky that we're praying God won't let anything happen to, um, those things happen. The scattering, it, it happens. We face all kinds of unpredictable disasters, and God does not promise to spend our lives protecting our, our cup stacks. Um, as Foster was playing with these this week, we noticed that every time Axel walked past, he'd hit the table and knock all the cups on the ground. You can't stop the toddler, even if you do everything right. Uh, but Acts tells us that while we can't stop it, because of Jesus, empowered by the Spirit, we can, um, we can do what they did. We can preach through it. And we can still trust that even when we can't see it and we don't know it, that God might actually still have a plan in it. We can trust that when our cups are knocked down, maybe something from that is a part of what God is trying to do in the life of someone else. Now, maybe uh, as you hear this and you're thinking, what does it mean to preach through a disaster? You're saying, you know, Pastor Todd, I am not a preacher. I'm not an upfront person. I'm not a speaker. Uh, But the truth is, uh, right, neither was Peter who preached that first sermon. Neither was Stephen, neither was Philip who visited the Samaritan village. Uh, None of them were preachers either, but uh, the reality is that every time uh, we come together to to worship on Sunday, uh, every time we gather as as a church, um, we, we gather because we believe in a God that raises the dead. We, we follow a God whose prophets uh, were killed, 
whose followers were scattered and persecuted, but despite every obstacle, every enemy, uh, every time evil resists God, even to the point of death on a cross, we believe that God walks out of tombs. We believe, we gather because we believe that those of us that put our faith in Christ, even when the ultimate scattering happens, that's the end of our lives, we too will walk out of our tombs. And if we want to preach through the scattering events in our lives, the key is simply to live like it. Every time our, our cups fall down and we live like God is doing something bigger, we preach the word. Every time we take a, a courageous action that costs us something and it fails and we get up and try again, we preach that we believe in a God who raises the dead. Every time you trust God again after a failure or a disappointment, you preach the word of a God that hasn't let go of you yet. Every time you forgive and pray for the people that are jerks to you, every time you forgive and pray for your boss or your family member or your son or your friend, every time you love your enemy, even though it costs you something, even though it puts your cup stacks at risk, every time you find a way to rejoice in the middle of suffering or scattering, and every time you explain to someone who asks, why is it, how is it that you can have such joy in the face of such struggle? Every time you explain to somebody why it is you do that, you preach the word in it. Every time you tell someone why you can have hope and joy and peace, even though the world seems to not have a lot of space for hope and joy and peace, you preach the word through your scatterings. And you invite uh, God, you participate with God in bringing great joy into the new and difficult places that he's scattered you to. My friends, if you've never uh, put your faith in uh, the God that walks out of tombs, if you've never put your faith in that Savior, I believe that God is inviting you to do so today. To confess the fact that no matter how uh, careful we are, we'll never be able to build our perfect, indestructible cup stacks. We'll never be able to be good enough to deserve, um, <laughs> to deserve God's grace. We confess our need for him. We put our faith in a God who walks out of tombs, and we ask that God, uh, his Holy Spirit, would make us new. And, and if you've done that already, if you've done that already, if you already know who Jesus is, if you've already put your faith in him, then, then I guess what I have for you today and what I think God wants to say to us today is a reminder. I believe the Holy Spirit is reminding us to live like you really believe God walks out of tombs. To live like you really believe that no matter how bad the scattering is, God is still active in it. Because we can't stop the scattering in our lives, but we can preach the word through them. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord God, you don't promise us a world without trouble. You don't promise to be a helper that will protect our initiatives, our plans, and our dreams. You care for us, you help us, you're present with us, Lord, but, 
but you don't promise that things aren't going to come and mess up the beautiful things that we've made. But you do promise that you'll be with us in them, that you'll go with your people when they're scattered, that you'll hold on to us when things fall apart, and that if we, if we hold on to you, we'll see you are doing something bigger than we imagined. If we preach through it, we will see new opportunities for your joy, for grace, for care for others. And you might just change the world through the things that feel like disasters in our own lives, Lord. We believe you can do it. And so we pray, God, for the faith to preach your word through the scattering. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. You can find out more about our church, our live stream, and our in-person services at BethelCove.org. Thanks and have a great week.